Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. The pitcher warming up in the bullpen from the Baltimore Orioles, a 12-game winner already this year, Steve Stone. He hit the spot with it and strikes out Dave Parker. And so we have played one inning in the 1980 All-Star Game at Dodger Stadium in Los Angeles. And we have no score on a lovely, warm summer evening. I have been in the city of Chicago since 1973. I love Chicago, and it's been just a great place to be during the summertime. Baseball on both sides of town has been very good to me. I remain the only uh, the only person who's ever played for both teams and broadcast both radio and television for both teams, and I take that as a badge of honor. Hit and run Sunday mornings, 9 a.m. to noon on 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Chicago's sports station. Man, among the cool facts about our next guest, that's pretty high up there. I mean, only man to have played for both the Cubs and White Sox and broadcast for both radio and television for both the Cubs and Wright Sox. That is an understandable badge of honor, Steve Stone. Good morning. Welcome into Hit and Run with me, Matt Spiegel, on The Score. How you doing, sir? How you feel? Well, there's, I'm doing fine. There's very little hitting and a lot of running, unfortunately, these days. But uh, <laughs> that's, that, that's, what we're, uh, that's what we're all experiencing. It's, um, you know, through all of, the, all of the things that baseball has made it through, through, uh, through pandemics and natural disasters and wars and uh, uh, everything else that baseball has made it through, um, this is really unusual because it pretty much instantly shut down the game. And I think it was a great move that baseball made. It was pretty much the only move they could have made, Matt. Uh, once once basketball and hockey shut down, there was no reason to continue with the gatherings that baseball would have brought together. So I think, uh, I think it was prudent, uh, and hopefully we'll get back in the not-too-distant future, but I don't hold a lot of hope that it's going to be instantaneous. You bring up a good point. If For those of us who love the history of the game, I remember being told very early about all the great seasons that guys like Ted Williams and others lost to World War II. When you look at the stats and you think about that, then the then the the strike in 81 and now they played two different half seasons and the weirdness of that playoff system. And then the shutdown in 94, the lockout in 95, whether the pause from 9-11. I mean, there's a ton of things. But this, this is unprecedented to delay opening day uh, and to delay all of baseball for, for health reasons. It makes all the sense in the world, um, Steve. But I, how long you think teams would need 
once they are reconvened and back together, how long would a team need to get ready for an opening day? Well, unfortunately, it came at a time when pitchers were starting to ramp up and start to get ready to go because um, uh, it wasn't too long before that March 26th date would have come for opening day for the White Sox and and everybody else. So um, hitters are pretty much ready. Hitters won't. Hitters and fielders, uh, they won't take a whole lot of time to get ready. However, pitchers will because they weren't entirely ready when this thing shut down. So when they talk about April 8th as the arbitrary date uh, to resume baseball, I think that's wildly optimistic because uh, April 8th, baseball might resume, but it has to go through a mini spring training before it does. And one of the things that every team is going to be vigilant against is injuring pitchers because it's a very easy thing to do. So I don't look for a lot of long outings out of starting pitchers uh, early in the season, regardless of when that season starts. So they're going to have to get everybody back to their spring training bases. They're going to have to go through a mini spring training. I'm thinking a spring training of perhaps 10 days to two weeks. I remember uh, in, in 81, the year that you're talking about, um, we came back and it, I think there was a 10-day period of the teams getting together, playing some inter-squad games or doing whatever they have to do before they actually kick the season off. However, we were in the middle of that season anyway. So that's, you know, that was that was one of those things where everybody was pretty much ready and doing what they were supposed to do. Then then it shut down and we came back. So um, uh, this is a completely different, unprecedented situation. But um, baseball is on top of it as as well as they can possibly be, because there is so much uncertainty. And, you know, if you read and I think all of us are doing the same thing Matt, we're we're reading as much as we can about the coronavirus and the effects and how it spreads and. You know, they talk about flattening out the curve. And yes. We're we're not there yet. We, we're not there yet. We're going to see as the testing ramps up, we're going to see more and more cases of it. But fortunately, most of the cases, and I say most, and that doesn't, you know, the people who get it badly, that's not going to affect them. But most of the cases, uh, people will shrug it off. Unfortunately, some of the cases will be very severe. You had tendonitis in the shoulder in 1981, right, Steve, and ended up retiring uh, that season. Do you do you think that the awkwardness of that season, have you thought about it before, the awkwardness, the stop and start, the quick spring, the quick ramp up, had anything to do with your health issues? No, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure that it did. Um, actually, I had elbow difficulties, not shoulder, and um, ah, okay. uh, I, I didn't retire until uh, – until 1982, I retired on uh, uh, May 31st of 82, held a press conference on June 2nd. The reason I know that date specifically is that um, as I took off that uniform sitting in the locker room that night in Baltimore, determined that my elbow was not going to hold up, and I felt that quantity of career uh, was not as important as quality of career, so I decided to hang him up. The importance of that date was not as important for me as it was for Cal Ripken because he started his streak that night. <laughs> he started his streak the night that I decided wow. to retire. And, um, uh, and then he, um, he went on obviously to play seemingly forever. So um, I, I don't, I think my elbow was, was wearing away. Uh, I had chronic tendonitis. It wasn't going to get any better. Took a couple of cortisone shots in it and then decided that it was time to move on. Didn't know, I knew there would be life after baseball. I just didn't know where it would be, and I stayed unemployed for four days. Wound up in ABC's Monday Night Baseball booth with uh, Al Michaels and Don Drysdale, and the next week it was Al Michaels and Howard Cosell. So mm. it was, uh, yeah, it was uh, a fire by ordeal, 
going into the first couple of weeks, and uh, it was fun. I really enjoyed it, and here I am still in the booth, if we ever get the booth back. If if we do get the booth back. Um, Let's stay on this idea of of how we would resume when we do resume. Um, Would we need to look at expanded pitching rosters? Um, Because... It would not be fair to ask a starting pitcher to go five or even six, maybe at the start. Um, you might have to you might have to get creative with a number of things. Look, we have a lot of smart people that work in uh, in the commissioner's office, and a lot of smart people that work in the front offices all over baseball. And I'm pretty sure they're going to come in and make some um, some one time exemptions when they start back up again. And if it could be, look, there, there's a there's a maximum of 13 pitchers on a team, so although the rosters expanded this year to 26, you couldn't have more than 13 pitchers. So, you know, they were looking at a third catcher. They were looking at an extra outfielder, infielder, whatever the case may be, to be the 26th man on a continuing basis. But it could very well be that they say, look, we're going to take it to 27, or we'll keep it at 26, but we'll say that you can carry a 14th pitcher, something along those lines. Mm-hmm. I think there'll be an, uh, an exemption for that. Uh, they'll also probably be looking at a couple of other things. I, I don't know exactly what they're looking at right now. I think they're trying to devise a time frame based strictly on projections and how this the curve is going to flatten out, when we'll start to see the uh, the peak of it and going back down the other way. So nobody really knows. I mean, this is this is so much uncertainty that no one can give you a definitive answer as to when exactly this is going to resume or how it's going to resume. I do know, however, that there has to be another spring training because these teams aren't all staying together at the complexes and working out and doing the things you would need to do to ramp up to a regular championship season. Yes. They're just not doing that. Some people are, you know, they're, they're going to other places and, and uh, there's a few people that, that are working out at the various ballparks, but I don't think they're playing inter squad games or anything like that. So it's, you know, it's, uh, you know, scattered to the four winds. You've got to bring them back together and start to actually get baseball ready. You know, there's, there's getting in shape and there's baseball ready, and they're not necessarily one and the same. You know, depending on if and when things start and if they played, I don't know, 80 games, 100 games, and, and you get down to that path, the idea, or, or no matter how much they play, the idea of shortening the postseason, maybe all three divisions uh, get in and the best record gets a bye and the other two division winners play that one-game wild card. Is it like a modified postseason might be something you have to do and even consider neutral zone playoff sites if you get pushed uh, beyond October? There's so many, there's so many uh, ramifications of this that you can you can sit and you can drive yourself crazy thinking about them. <laughs> but uh, what's what's going to happen? I know. Look, you know, um, all of us who are tied to sport feel a huge vacuum in our lives when there are no sports. And right now there are no sports. I mean, right now you're looking at the gearing up or should be looking at NBA gearing up for the playoffs, hockey gearing up for the playoffs, you know, getting, getting position and getting your seatings. And, you know, you're seeing, uh, you're, you're going home at night, watching a, an event, watching spring training games. I mean, you know, down here in Arizona, uh, the economy is uh, dependent on a huge March and that's everything. This, you know, we're not, we're not, um, you know, hit as badly as some other people, but the economy runs on March. There's only one March every year and restaurants and, and clubs and hotels and everything else revolves around that. But this is going on all over the country. I mean, people are, people are really hurting and are going to continue to hurt even more with this. 
And I think, you know, the best thing is to um, don't go to a lot of public gatherings. And they talk about hygiene and washing your hands and all those things. You do all of those things you can do. And then we'll see how this progresses because nobody, they can tell you what they think. They can tell you what their certain projections say. They cannot definitively tell you that on May 1st, we will have been by the worst of all of this. We don't know. The the presence of baseball in our lives for those six months, the, the companion sport that it is, is 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 going to be difficult to miss it already is um but just the daily for me anyway box scores fantasy lineups highlights all that kind of stuff what what do you love about the daily baseball life um when there are games steve uh and and have you thought about how you're going to replace that in your life no i i really haven't uh you know there there's no sports at all so uh, you know you pick up the occasional <laughs> golf tournament from somewhere around the world or uh-huh. something along those lines but uh, other than that there's not much um you replace it by having a uh, you know a very active Netflix uh, subscription or something <laughs> along those lines. You know, yeah. and anything that uh, that I didn't do to this point that I usually save for the season, watching series I really like. Uh, you know, that's that's going to be something that everybody is going to do. Um, the whole idea of being sequestered um, is is abhorrent to a whole lot of people. We are social beings. And when you take away the social aspect of it, baseball is just a part of it. You know, baseball isn't life. It just makes life better. Hmm. And you take away a part of that, the gathering together, and uh, everybody starts to go a little stir crazy. But I think that's something, at least for a while, that we're going to have to do. Limit that. Spend as much time as you can outside. I think that's important, although there are some areas of this country you don't want to be outside right now. Hmm. Um, And so, yeah, it's the the replacing of something that has been part of all of our lives for as long as it has is going to be very difficult for everyone. You're just going to have to find some things to do. And certainly computers are a big factor. People are going to have to start reading again, which I think is a good thing. One of the things I really miss, Matt, about this is taking a look at the Sports Center and ESPN or the MLB channel and watching the highlights from around baseball, watching the great plays, watching the crazy things that happen on a daily basis, keeping up with both leagues, all of the players, looking for some of my favorites to see what they've done, looking at teams who get off really quickly during the baseball season and wondering how they did that. Um, and, you know, this year when baseball does reconvene, and it will, uh, you're not going to be able to get off to a slow start because you heard that phrase, it's early. Yeah. Everybody talks about it's early. Uh-huh. Well, it's not going to be early this year. It'll never be early. It'll be something where when we start this game again, you're going to have to put the hammer down and go for it because um, you want to get into the postseason play, and we'll see who can do that. Usually that means teams with the youngest players get off more quickly. If that's the case, it's hmm. even a more exciting reason for the Sox to start playing baseball again because it's a very young team. These guys, uh, these guys will be ready to go when the bell rings, and hopefully they get off to, uh, to quick starts because uh, we just know there will be baseball again. Just don't know the definitive date. Well, see, now you got me thinking. Penalized were the White Sox in 1994 when the season ended abruptly. Uh, 21 games over 500 when that season ended. So why not? Why shouldn't they be helped by uh, by this particular situation and the the overall scheme of baseball karma? Yeah, and, and I think that's the case. I mean, how many times when you when you start and look at the early season? you'll see guys leading the league in hitting and you'll go and go, that guy's leading the league in hitting. <laughs> well, wait, wait, wait till June, you know, wait till June, wait till the, the older players, the, the guys with the track records, the guys with the back of the baseball cards, wait till they get rolling. And, uh, 
and then it all evens out. But now it might not even out. That's why I think the Sox will have a tremendous advantage because it's a team across the board of young guys. It's also a team that would benefit by warmer weather. As you know, uh, we have a lot of Latinos that play for the White Sox, and I think it's very difficult for all players, but especially guys who have never experienced consistent cold weather to start the season. And so if you start the season in the middle of May, the weather's going to be really nice in most places but Chicago. But, um, you know, it, it, gets, it gets nicer and nicer as we move along. And I think, I think that'll be a benefit. But, you know, having, having played a few years in disjointed seasons, you've got to really get off as quickly as possible because that sets a trend. And sometimes, you know, it's like a horse race. Sometimes you get these, uh, these speed horses that just never give up. And they uh, they wind up winning the race, uh, you know, at fifty to one. They were never supposed to win, but nobody was out ever ever able to catch them. That will happen with some of these baseball teams. You know that that sense of immediacy and import that a short season brings. Some folks have been saying baseball would benefit from that. I wonder if if they end up playing a hundred twenty game season, if the movement to get a hundred and forty game season or the movement to shorten things up will get any legs based on the experience. Well, let me ask you a question. Let's say that you owned a baseball team and you no. had 81 home dates. Yes. What would you think about that? I wouldn't like it. I, I'd vote no well, hard against it. Yeah, that. and I, I think that's. I, I think the 81 dates are pretty much sacrosanct. Now, you know, maybe they'll cut it back a little bit, but I, I can't really see that. That's why you don't have scheduled doubleheaders, why doubleheaders are uh, – are usually um, their their makeups or, or their split doubleheaders to get two crowds. Yeah, you're not going to see you're not going to see a whole lot of uh, tinkering around with 81 home dates. Um, quite obviously, this is a huge business, a huge business that uh, that derives revenues from a lot of television, a lot of uh, MLB.com, uh, you know, uh, subscriptions, uh, uh, you know, that you can get on on your computer, um, attendance to a certain extent. And I don't think that they want to tinker too much with that. But, um, yeah, I understand, you know, I, I don't think they go to a half-season kind of thing. You know, two, the, the first half champ and the second half, that's in the minor leagues, not the major leagues. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know what's going to happen. And, and nobody knows how the landscape of this game is going to change, if it does at all. Because bear in mind, you know, we've had some some amazing things happen during the course of the history of baseball, and yet when they picked it up, it was still – the game that we all know and love. So, uh, you know, you can't get more disruptive than world wars and, uh, they've made it through a few. Hey, Stoney, I I've thought many times about the game, the game you and Hawk did in Baltimore with no crowd and, uh, and what that, what that felt like, um, for you guys, it was so odd to watch and listen to. And I wonder if, uh, that's something we'll have to relive this year. What did that feel like for you? I thought, I thought it was going to be the only time in our history that we, did something like that. Uh, it was the strangest thing that I had ever experienced because this was a regular official major league game. I mean, it felt like a B game in spring training, those that you play at 10 o'clock in the morning with no fans, nobody else in the stands, and yet they're major league players. This was a game that counted. And I remember Jeff Samar just started the game, gave up a three-run homer to Chris Davis in the first inning, and he hit the ball 475 feet, and uh, nothing happened. All you could hear was Gary Thorne in the booth next to us screaming because he was really excited because it was his team that hit the home run. And Hawk and I are going, oh, yeah, well, another home run. Anyway, uh, <laughs> they pounded some arch in the first inning. But the strangest thing was you could hear the infielders talking to the pitcher. Now, I had heard all of these things because I had been on the field for 14 years. So I knew what went on in the infield and who was talking to who and who was yelling at somebody and the umpire calling out 
you know, balls and strikes and a number of other interactions that go on in the infield on a regular basis. But I had never heard it from the broadcast booth because it's drowned out by obviously crowd noise and vendor noise and everything else. This was really an unusual situation, one that I thought would never be repeated. Now we, uh, we are in the very strange situation of maybe it will be repeated. I mean, you saw there was one sporting event from Brazil last night. It was the, um, the UFC had an event. There were no fans in the stands. They carried on the event as, if, as they always did, except for there was not one person in the seats. That could very well happen. Uh, at least to start. Again, nobody really knows. That's just a speculation. Yeah. All right. Well, one one actual baseball question. Remember that actual baseball conversation and dissection? Michael Kopech looked fabulous through 11 pitches, through 100, 101. But uh, I, I'm told that I should be more impressed, Steve, by his command and comfort level throwing the breaking stuff this far removed from Tommy John. What What, what do you think? Well, it's a it's a microcosm of what will be Michael Kopech. I mean, you're talking about the one three inning situation, one, one uh, you know one inning situation, three out situation, mm-hmm. and um, so uh, we'll we'll have to see what happens. But in talking to him before he had Tommy John and after, <clears throat> excuse me, he seems to be um, he seems to have a much better view and a much better idea of what is going on with him, what's going on with him as a performer and a person. He has more, to me, I felt um, uh, a a sense of relaxation um, that he didn't have before. I thought at times before, because he was timed upwards of 103 miles an hour, that he felt that he had to throw the ball through the catcher instead of to the catcher. He's got a great arm. Tommy John does not affect shoulder rotation or the ability to spin the baseball um it affects movement in certain guys but i don't know uh, what he's going to look like i just knew that in talking with him keeping things in perspective the mental strides that he had made coming into that performance that's the thing to be excited about for him i assume because guys come back from tommy john with just as good as stuff and sometimes even a little bit better than they had before i assume that's going to be something that works out very well for him but I was, I'm really impressed with Michael Kopech, the man, as opposed to Michael Kopech, the pitcher, because I think he has things in perspective now. And I do believe that it's going to hold him in really good stead because I think that he's figured it out. He's figured it out at a very early age. I think he made some sort of transition that, that um, Lucas Giolito made, going from a horrible year to a very good year. And uh, I, I think that we're just seeing the tip of the iceberg as far as the ability of Kopech. I love the fact that there's going to be a time where we see uh, Giolito and Cease and Kopech, three very young pitchers in that rotation, perhaps Lopez, who looked very good this spring, by the way, Um, certainly Keuchel, who's going to be here for some time. I mean, it's going to be a crowded starting rotation when Rodon gets back. And, you know, uh, if I told you that Rodon would be back in the start of the season, you would have laughed at me. Well, it could very well be that he will be. Hmm. I don't know when he's going to be back. <laughs> I'm, hoping, I'm hoping the start of the season isn't when he comes back because he was slated for a little after the All-Star break. But, um, yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully we see this young rotation start to come together with a lot of flamethrowers, 
and uh, the the quality finesser and and Dallas Keuchel. Yeah, the, the the comp between Giolito and Kopech in terms of the mental change, I think, is absolutely on point because Giolito took control as the CEO of Lucas Giolito Incorporated, and it seems like Kopech has taken control too and and figured out what he needs as opposed to uh, my perspective is you know a guy whose father really kind of built him. You know, his father kind of put him together, but now it's Kopech's life and Kopech's career himself. And, and and Dylan Cease also falls into that category. And I know the control has been a little spotty in and out to this point, but I think he also has a really good sense of what he has and who he is. And I think those three guys together, I would love to see them grow up in White Sox uniforms and see exactly what they could be. I'm looking ahead, you know, two or three years down the road, and that could be a fearsome big three in the rotation. I mean, I thought the biggest three in the rotation in, well, maybe forever. And and there's other people who will tell you there's there's three other guys who are who are just as good. But I mean, you're looking at Smoltz, Glavin, and Maddox with with Atlanta. Now they were all the finished product when they came of age together. It was a fearsome rotation. I mean, and for the most part, there was 14 straight uh, divisional titles out of some incarnation of those three guys in the rotation. You know, Avery was in there. There was a few other guys, uh, Charlie Liebrand for a bit, but, but um, you know, those guys together and Smoltz was periodically going to the bullpen and coming back. But when I look at what could be the big three for the White Sox, and then there's other talents all around them. I mean, Dane Dunning, you don't hear a whole lot about him, but he has masterful control. He was throwing sinkers that were diving in spring mm. training. Very encouraging. So there's there's so much to be happy with and so much to look forward to as far as the White Sox are concerned. That's what makes this, Matt, even more frustrating is the fact that these guys were ready to start to learn the lessons that the major leagues will have taught them, lessons that you can't duplicate until you go out there and get those innings or those swings under your belt. They're going to be denied that along with everybody else, and everybody who loves this game is going to be denied the game itself. But we just have to uh, be uh, be aware of the fact that it is coming back, and when it does, I think – For those of us who love this game, we're going to appreciate it even more because, as you know, it's just human nature. You don't really appreciate something. You start to take it for granted until it's taken away from you, and now it's been taken away from just about everybody, and, in fact, all of sports is taken away. I think we'll really appreciate what sports mean to all of us, um, certainly as Americans and all the people who follow professional sports. uh, I think we'll realize what a gigantic vacuum it leaves in our lives. That's absolutely true and well said, and we'll leave it there. Steve, thanks for the time. Stay healthy, stay safe, and uh, look forward to uh, a time when we can talk about ballplayers specifically like that again. Well, thank you, uh, Matt. I appreciate it. And uh, call me anytime. I know, uh, you know, judging by the time you gave me in this interview, there's not a whole lot to say. But uh, thank you. I really appreciate it. Now I can get my morning coffee. <laughs> there you go. Thank you, Steve. Yeah. I mean, at one point it was like, all right, just now we're finally talking about Kopech. Should we, should we stop? Should we take a break? What else are we going to do? Well, we're going to do lots of stuff. We're going to do lots of stuff. That's what we're going to do. That's Steve Stone right here on Hit and Run on 670 The Score. Uh, one ball player had a great idea, but I knew it was too good to be true. I knew it. And now we figure out what the bait and switch was all about. We'll explain next on The Score. 
worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast hey is that your sister out there in left field naked she's naked from the sandlot And that was the idea. That was the idea that Trevor Bauer put out there. He tweeted it yesterday. We talked about it on uh, Outside the Clubhouse with me and Bruce Levine. Nobody's inside anymore. And Trevor said he was going to put together a Sandlot game. Any major league players or minor league players out in Arizona, let's gather and play. And he was going to live stream it. On uh, his social media accounts and live stream it on this thing called Watch Momentum that he used. And guess what? They did it, man. They did it, except it was wiffle ball. So I didn't see it. It was last night in Arizona. I'm sure I could go back and find some highlights. Mike Clevenger took part. Oscar Mercado, uh, another of his former teammates with the Indians, took part. And Bauer had a wiffle ball game. Well, that's cool. I love wiffle ball. I don't know if any of those guys can make a wiffle ball move the way that I could in my prime. I'm not sure. I had the sidearm rising fastball. True wiffle, by the way. Not one of those goofy-ass wiffle balls with the multiple little holes on it. It's got to be the three 
you know, um, the three little mini Twinkie-sized holes on the ball. Yeah, the solid bottom and the three on top. Correct. But absolutely, Trevor Bauer could outpitch you. In Wiffle? You don't know that. He absolutely. With a baseball, sure. But how much is he into pitch design in Wiffle Ball? Is he using the Edgertronic camera to get his uh, his sidearm rising fastball to move the way he wants it to? I bet you he's right now using Rapsodo with a Wiffle Ball to perfect (laughs) his his, his movement and his break. Yeah, you you think there's there's a pitch cage? Cage. There's like a there's a high tech pitch cage. I love the idea of the Edgertronic. Like I'm trying to get my uh, my screwball, my wiffle ball screwball, to break down a little bit more. Trying to get the knuckleball really perfected uh-huh. with the wiffle ball. Yeah, well, I mean that's and the knuckle. Whoo, man, with a good wind, you can really get somewhere with that. My dad had a palm ball that he used to throw to me when I was like five, and yeah. I I couldn't hit it even if I sat back on it. The, I just couldn't time it up. Really, just 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 because it would stop and start and do its thing. Um, I, I had a curve and I had a screwball. I could I could make it go the other way. Figured it out, and um, it was it was pretty mighty. But all right, and Bauer's probably better. But that's what they did. It felt like a bait and switch. That's the problem. That that's the real problem. Is I was excited about the possibility of actual baseball, but you can't do that because there's contracts and there's you know there's possibility for injury and all that stuff. So. It ended up being Wiffle. Um, we've got a little bit more to bring you of Hit and Run before Julie and Maggie take over at the top of the hour. I, I think people should hear the the exec in town give you the context about what the season is going to bring and where um, one of your ball clubs here in town is really, really at. Should we hear it now or should we hear it after the break, Sean? What do you think? Let's do it after the break. All right, we'll take a break and we'll come back and you'll hear from uh, the man in charge uh, of the Cubs and it'll help give you a little window into what we're actually looking at. We'll do that next on Hit and Run. This hour of which is brought to you by Cars for Kids. Call one cars for kids Bottom of the hour was brought to you by Northwestern Basketball. Coach Fitz and the Northwestern Football Program return to Wrigley on November 7th as they host Wisconsin. Guarantee a ticket to this matchup with the purchase of season tickets by now at nusports.com. Right back with Theo on the score. I mean, you're looking at Smoltz. Glavin and Maddox. All right, fine. That's heady stuff. Oh, speaking of heady stuff, I'll never get tired of this Jeff Buckley record from start to finish, but heady stuff from Steve Stone going Smoltz, Maddox, Glavin as he thinks about young White Sox aces. He's not predicting careers. He's just thinking about when all the young arms arrive at the same time and what the possibilities can be. Of course, obviously the, he thinks he's, they're going to be better. Yeah. Right. Right. They'll all go into the hall of fame together someday. All unanimous. Uh, huh. this is, um, this is derailed and paused at the very least by the coronavirus and what baseball is doing. If you didn't hear it, listen to the words and also the tone of the usually very positive Theo Epstein, um, listen for the resignation, if you will, in the tone of the man as he talks about what MLB is doing and the potential timeline for where things may stand. Yeah, testing is a much broader issue than just how it relates to a, you know, a major league team or a sports team. That we're far behind in this country as a whole in testing. And so our stance is that the more testing, the better. And, and we hope our country gets to the point where um, we can have a lot of testing 
um, so we can better assess the situation and make better decisions going forward. But specifically, as it relates to the team right now, they're I, I don't right right now uh, no player in camp has met the. Uh, the current standard in this country to be tested. Leo or David, like I saw Kitten's tweet, like a bunch of questions. Were you able to talk to him or the players that can answer any of those? What were the discussions you had besides just telling him to stay away for tomorrow? Yeah, I, I addressed the team at uh, the end of a meeting this morning around 10 o'clock and told them everything I know. I mean, I think guiding principles at, at times like these are uh, listen to the science and so for that for us, that means listening to the scientific experts and the public health professionals. And then uh, another guiding principle is transparency. And so we told the players everything that we know, uh, everything that we didn't know but hope to know soon, shared our thoughts completely and candidly with them. So there were you know, most questions we can't answer, unfortunately, at this time. Everything that we could answer, we did, and pledged to stay in touch with them. We've already been in touch with a mass text about closing the facility tomorrow and a promise to further update them about the weekend by the end of the day. So will you be having a, maybe a conversation with Tom just about game day staff, you know, not only for spring, but potentially into the season as well? Or? Yeah, you know, our business side is spending a lot of time talking, thinking through all possible scenarios and, and in communication with the commissioner and, and, and all 30 clubs and, and by extension the Players Association about how best to handle this all as an industry with the health, safety, and well-being of players, staff, front office, fans, everyone's families, the country and world as a whole in mind. So, yeah, those those conversations are all ongoing. I know you've been in meetings, but the uh, governor issued a statement recommending that there be no uh, events until May 1st. Uh, were you aware of that? Yeah, I, I had heard that was coming, and um, it seems a number of municipalities across Major League Baseball have gotten directives uh, have given directives to the teams about not using the facilities, and I think it's it's you know, wise for us to follow the direction of, of the municipalities and, and Major League Baseball as a whole is obviously factoring that in with what is and isn't possible going forward. You have a lot of players in minor league camp that haven't gotten a paycheck since last season and they aren't supposed to until the opening day of the minor league season. That getting pushed back, will there be any consideration, things you guys can do as far as either housing or other support that might go to them? Yeah, we've we've been talking about ways to, um, you know, provide meals. For instance, tomorrow we're not gonna, you know, we're shutting down the complex. Well, most most of our minor league players get their their meals here. So, what can we do to um, continue to provide the resources? And we're gonna um, every decision we make will be done with um, as much empathy um, and, and thought as possible for everyone's. Um, Standing, everyone's affected by this differently. We want to make sure everyone um, has what they need to to continue to stay healthy. It's Theo Epstein. We're going to be here a while, folks. Uh, we're going to be here a good long while. And I, I mean, let's the comp is, and a lot of folks who lived through it and covered it have gone there. Is 1995 when replacement players were in spring training, as there was residual you know, from the lockout as a work stoppage that extended it ended the 94 season extended into spring of 95 and major league players were not invited to spring training. There were minor leaguers. There were replacement players, some of whom famously went on to be in the big leagues. Kevin Millar, I think Shane Spencer, it's a few guys who ended up being in the bigs, but 
What happened was there was a big court decision that went in favor of the players in late March. On April 2nd, they reached a deal, and there was about a 10-day spring training. Bruce Levine and I talked about this with Jim Riggleman yesterday on Outside the Clubhouse, where a 10-day spring training, and there were 144 games in the regular season that year that began on the 26th of April. And that was really awkward, and I don't think they'll do that in terms of timeline, they're going to they're gonna give more. Teams are going to get more. They're going to get three weeks or at least maybe even four weeks, especially if it's a long enough stoppage that the pitchers have, you know, fully gone back down to what their starting point was, where they come out and then their first out and they throw one inning. Then maybe they throw two innings and that kind of stuff. But, man, there's going to have to be some incredible creativity on the part of MLB execs, and the players will have to agree to some things to figure out, okay, you can only throw us three innings or whatever. So because of that, that 26th roster spot will be allowed to be a pitcher, even though it's not supposed to be this year, that kind of stuff. This segment on The Score is brought to you by Illini Care Health. You deserve quality health care. Choose Illini Care Health for health care coverage that includes free gym memberships, after-school care, and school uniforms that either you or your family can take advantage of. Visit IlliniCare.com today. Illini Care Health is a health choice Illinois plan. If you need to be creative. Real quick. Just yes, wanted to jump in because I was looking at the 95 replacement players. One name that sticks out, Frank Minichino, now head coach for the White Sox. Ah, let's talk to him. Let's go. We'll get him on for next week. Dude, dude is incredibly fun, by the way. <laughs> I think he dropped a swear last time you had him on. He did drop a swear, and he had one of the great moments um, of inside the clubhouse here during the offseason. We should find it. We can play some of the greatest hits from our earlier shows. Um, because I asked him, you know, Frank, with the proliferation of the four-seam fastball and the 12-6 to curveball or the slider and all the – tunneling that's going on, the way that hitters are getting attacked. How do you as a team, as an organization, plan to counter that trend around the league? And he said, I'm not going to answer that question. I'm not going to tell you that. It's a good question, but I'm not going to tell you that. I was like, okay. All right. Good call. Keep that proprietary, baby. Yes. Yeah, you keep it yours. Reminds me of very early on when Theo had just taken the Cubs job and I was sitting next to him on a panel on on a, what at the time was Comcast Sportsnet. And I said, so you guys use FIP or XFIP as you look at pictures? And he said, we have our own uh, proprietary uh, uh, metrics that, that we look at. Like, get away from me, you peon. Using fan graphs. How do you, come on. You peasant. You, you probably peasant. have a, a play index subscription on baseball <laughs> reference. Oh, yeah, you know. You think you know. Have fun looking up 1984 stats, loser. Uh, sabermetric elitist Theo Epstein at the time, and understandably so, as he should be. He uses T-War, Theo-War. Uh, yeah, right. You know, you know he's got his own. Hell, they invented Carmine. And then Ivy, right? It's called Ivy, the thing they use now. Uh, I think so. Here's the thing. If you need to be creative, if you need to replace baseball somehow in your life, one of the easiest ways to do it is through PBS.org because Ken Burns went to PBS and he said, look, our country in terms of baseball fans are hurting. So much is closed. And Ken Burns asked PBS to stream his entire baseball documentary all nine innings of it well 10 right because he added the 10th all of it for free 
So it's all available at PBS.org. I retweeted his tweet. You can go there. Look, if, if you want, you could start on March 26th and go one per night. Part one, our game. Episode one is one hour and 52 minutes long. Part, um, all the parts are, are available here. And here's the thing. Most of them are as long as a well-executed Mark Burley start. John Lieber once threw a very short game. Google that for me, would you, Sean? I think John Lieber has thrown the, the, the shortest game in recent Cubs history. I feel like he was an hour and 43. Something, something ridiculous like that. Google search term, John Lieber, short game Cubs. Complete. But yeah, so, I mean, you could watch every inning of Ken Burns' baseball documentary. And if you've never watched it and you've thought about wanting to, this is a great time to do it. It is, it, it is brilliant. You'll learn so much about the history of the game. And I thought the 10th inning, the way that he dealt with the PEDs, was really, really thoughtful and effective. Talking about the human side of it. Um, let, letting you into the mindset of Barry Bonds. I, I've thought of that myself very often. And when I think about those guys, one hour, 49 minutes, Lieber was the pitcher for the Cubs and won a complete game, won two to one. There it is. Told you, but not a buck 43, buck 49. That's pretty good. Can you imagine a full baseball game in an hour 49 these days? I think there was a duel with Burley and then someone from the, the Blue Jays or he's on the Blue Jays and they went under two hours too. It might've been like Dinks or Floyd. I think it was Burley versus Dinks when he was a, a Blue Jay. Uh, wow. Uh, it could be. I, I'm sure. I'm sure that Burley had several games or a couple of games under two. He was, I mean, Burley's average for a while there was like two twelve something, something ridiculous. But so it goes. But there it is. Yeah, baseball is streaming at PBS. And, you know, the Marquee Network is trying to help you out as well. If you've been thinking about going back to 2016, they're taking care of it for you. They start on March 18th, which is what? Wednesday night. And it's called Run for the Ring. It starts Wednesday. And every night at 7, one playoff game from 2016. Every night. Starting March 18th, culminating March 31st with World Series Game 7. So that, that's your opportunity right there, if indeed you get the Marquee Sports Network. And the run for the ring is there for you. Then what happens April 1st? Start it again! Do it again, everybody! It's going to be interesting times. Uh, we will separate the wheat from the chaff in terms of baseball conversation in this industry. In this market, I'll be here for you every Sunday morning. Looking forward to it very much. We will have guest co-hosts along the way. Real quick, that Lieber start. Yeah. One player hit two home runs for the Cubs. 2002, June 21st. Who was it? Aramis Ramirez. No. I don't think he was on the team yet. No, he wasn't. It was a trade with, with Pittsburgh that yeah. hadn't started yet. Pretty famous first baseman. Derek Lee. Illustrious career. He was still on the Marlins. He was on the 03 World Series team. Mm, oh, yeah, of course. Former Ray Brave. Uh, Crime dog. Ah, Freddie McGriff. Fred McGriff. Who finally agreed to come over. Very nice. Thank you, folks. Thank you, Sean Anderson. Great job. Thank you to Roger Clemens. If you missed it, go check out the interview with Roger Clemens from our number one. I will tweet out the link a little bit later. Thanks to Steve Stone as well. Julie and Maggie are next after I disinfect the microphone and everything that I've touched, just in case, playing it safe, 
right here on 670 The Score. Hi, Mom. Hi, Illinois. Hi, Mom. This is for you. Let's go. Let's go. Let's get out of here. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T Mobile.com. 